Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Redefining Security podcast. Have you ever thought that we are selling cybersecurity insincerely, buying it indiscriminately, and deploying it ineffectively? Perhaps we are. So let's look at how we can organize a successful InfoSec program that integrates people, process, technology, and culture to drive growth and protect business value. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. Archer empowers organizations to manage multiple dimensions of risk on one platform with on-premises and software-as-a-service offerings and quickly implement industry-standard processes and best practices for advanced risk management maturity, informed decision-making, and enhanced business performance. Learn more at archerirm.com. Hey, Marco. Sean, what's going on? You doing all right? I'm doing all right, but did, did you see that coming? No, but I'm going to react when he does. Right. I didn't see it either. Well, I'm, I'm hoping you're taking care of it. Oh, well, I, I thought you did. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> we have a contingency plan. We do ahead, have a contingency plan. Which pull, is what? Pull the plug. Freak out? <laughs> Freak out, pull the plug. Um, uh, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this opportunity to say, get help. <laughs> exactly. And uh, today's conversation is about dealing with uh, crises. And uh, we have... A, a new friend joining us today, Param Eftikari, and uh, he's going to lead us through leading through adversity during a crisis. Uh, Param, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Hey, Sean. Hey, Marco. It's uh, great to be here. Looking forward to a fun chat. Fun chat. Well, we hope you are prepared because obviously, right. <laughs> as you could tell, we're not. But uh, I, I think this is uh, a conversation about not not much as we were joking to react to a crisis, but how to being prepared before a crisis happened. And I may even dare say that we are always in a constant crisis <laughs> in our life, in our businesses. So that's what we would like to talk about today. But Sean, before doing that, we need to introduce Parham. I know so many things in my mind already, but I want to hear more about Parm first and and who he is and and let our audience know uh, what he brings to the table today in terms of experience. So Parm, a few words, please. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and, and a lot to talk about uh, under this this umbrella here. Uh, and Marco, you're absolutely correct. Um, just a little bit of a background. Uh, I've been in the 
national security and cybersecurity space uh, for about a dozen years now, starting, of course, kind of in, in, in technology. Uh, most recently, uh, I was at the Institute for Critical Infrastructure Technology, a cybersecurity think tank. Uh, so a lot of my perspectives on dealing with, with crisis and being proactive comes from the, the perspective of protecting our nation's critical infrastructure sectors and reducing risk from a national security and economic resiliency perspective. Um, currently, I'm the board chair of ICIT, uh, and uh, I spend my, my days as the executive director of the Cybersecurity Collaborative, which is a um, membership organization for CISOs, where essentially we create a private environment uh, for cybersecurity executives from the Fortune 500 down to uh, you know medium and SMBs to share best practices, lessons learned. So I have the privilege of working with uh, some uh, fantastic executives uh, and talking about these issues, talking about crisis management and risk management in the context of of cybersecurity. And so, um, yeah, looking forward to to opening up this dialogue and 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 trying to you know help some of your listeners uh, walk through these complex issues. Yeah, love it, and uh, thrilled thrilled to have you on, Param. And what I want to do first is maybe because Marco alluded to it, uh, constant state of crisis, and that. As he said that, I guess I was I could shake my head and say yes, and then I'm thinking, well, is that really the case, or is it just a constant state of decision making and path uh, following, and and some decisions and paths are harder than others. <laughs> so I guess the question for me to kick it off is what what defines a crisis, and is a crisis avoidable, or, or are we all really in a state of crisis all the time, as Marco? suggested. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great place to start. And I think at the end of the day, and, and we're, we're going to talk about, you know, the, the professional world here. Um, I think when we think about what we as professionals and as executives are doing at the end of the day is we all have a plan, right? We have a business plan and we're executing against them. And, and throughout the course of our days and our weeks and our months, um, we're, we're constantly faced with deviations from that plan, right? Nothing ever goes according to what we set out to do. Uh, and those deviations uh, normally are small uh, uh, to, to kind of mid-ranged mid and they're manageable. Uh, when they're manageable, um, I think most of the time we don't consider them a crisis. They could be a nuisance. They can be um, perhaps, you know, create pressure or stress. Um, but they don't create uh, what what you and I, you know, or most of us would 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 deem to be a, a true crisis. I think when 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 a deviation from the plan, you know, or or, or, an, or an incident, right, rises to the level of a crisis, uh, it, it's it's when so much uh, energy is created that it becomes a a threat to you you and your organization uh, at ability to fulfill the mission, right? A threat to your survival, uh, a threat to um, the, uh, sometimes the existence of maybe a, uh, an, a, an individual, you know, within the organization continuing to be there, maybe the, um, the brand and its integrity, uh, you know? So I think it's really about the severity of the deviation from the day-to-day -day operations and how it could impact uh, the reputation to the organization, 
uh, or the actual survival of the organization itself, depending on how how severe that that crisis could be. And so I think to the comment that Marcos, you know, you made earlier, um, what what we really need to think about when it comes to crisis management uh, is, you know, are you as an organization, are you as a leader within your organization, have you thought through different scenarios uh, that are uh, risks to to your organization at that kind of highest level, and are you prepared to deal with those? And I think, uh, uh, and, and candidly, I've learned a lot of this just through experience. Right, as a as a business leader, I, I've I've been an entrepreneur most of my career, and I could candidly say that I had not. You know, I, I've earned my uh, through a, one of the crises that that I can reflect back on. Uh, I was on a call with a the head of PR for a billion dollar company. And unfortunately, they got looped into a, a crisis that I was dealing with, you know, as a client of mine. And it was a, a, a nice call, very stressful call for me. But at the end of the call, the guy said, by the way, you did a very, very cordial. You did a great job. You know, that was very well handled. Uh, you know, it looks like you're earning your uh, your crisis management, you know, stripes. And I, and I laughed at it and I said, you know, this is exactly what it was because I hadn't I didn't plan for the scenario that I was dealing with. And I, so I think you really need to think through and, and, and you can't necessarily plan for specific scenarios themselves because, you know, you can't predict the future, but you can, I believe, develop certain uh, processes and frameworks and, and guardrails. So when a crisis does develop, you can at least implement uh, some, some, some actions to mitigate the impact uh, and 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 be more prepared to 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 protect yourself and your organization. Yeah, and I want to stick with this for a moment, and I know Marco has uh, some thoughts on this as well. But so your description of crisis uh, was presented in the context of the business. What could disrupt the business plan and reaching the objectives in that plan? And I'm wondering thinking about our own business, something might be a crisis for me and not very important for Marco and vice versa, but together collectively we have our publication that something bigger would be a crisis for the, the organization. And I'm wondering, because because something is important to an individual, does that not mean it's a crisis for the company and the leaders as well? I'm just wondering if there's if an individual can have a crisis and are they responsible for dealing with it themselves because it doesn't impact the objective of the company. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fantastic point. Uh, you know, I, I, think, I think I was answering uh, the, the previous question from the perspective of the, the business executive. I think, I think each of us uh, has a sphere of influence, right? And we each have a, 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 a sphere of responsibilities within, within the organization. Um, I think that um, when when a when that kind of deviation from your plan and from your set of responsibilities happens, um, that could escalate to quote unquote you know the crisis. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know uh, it, it's not it's not meant to to diminish the severity of 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 whatever that incident is, but I think at the end of the day, from from the um, from the organization's perspective, I think it's important to put things in context. I think that. When you when when if you're looking at um, from at an organizational level, for example, um, this isn't to diminish the impact of how an employee feels because I truly believe that feelings matter, and you have to you know employees are the most important thing uh, to uh, the success and health of a business. I think more important than customers, to be quite honest with you. 
Um, so for example, if somebody's in marketing and there's a, you know, a catastrophic, you know, marketing email that goes out that has a wrong subject line, goes to the wrong database and has wrong pricing, for example, all this stuff for that marketing person who did that, that could be a crisis because, you know, they're going to get a lot of pressure and everything. I think to the CEO, probably not a crisis, right? Probably just something bad that happened. It's embarrassing, but they know that marketing is going to deal with it. So I think that while it might be a crisis of that person um, and we should deal with it, I think in the context of things, I don't think the organization should look at that as a crisis. I think they look at it as an opportunity to put in some processes to make sure it doesn't happen again. So uh, I, I, and I do, I do really think that management should teach the employee that don't look at that as a crisis. Look at that as a mistake that happened um, that we can come through and, 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 and educate the employees of what, what a crisis is versus what a bad day at, at the office looks like. Yeah, those are a great point. And, you know, I always picture a panic button and a don't panic button. <laughs> and who who decide that, who pushes that and when, right? Yeah. I was actually reading a book in these days and, and it, it talk about the culture of a company. And, and one example is when Toyota brought their manufacturer system here in the U.S. and they revolutionized an entire um, manufacturer in, in a specific area that was famous for not being very productive, but with their system where they were empowering every single individual to pull a cord and stop the building chain, which was something that, according to the American mentality, you couldn't do that because you're losing money, right? So... But but actually, when you do that, you empower the individual to decide when it's time to push that panic button or not. But there's also a plan behind it. So where I'm trying to go with this is you can't just give a panic button <laughs> to everyone. And the culture of the company, it's probably what need to look ahead and say, when this happens, if this happens, it's a crisis. Let's, let's panic. Otherwise... As you say, the CEO is just like, it's just business as usual. So how can we prepare and create that culture in a company where we don't panic necessarily? Yeah, I, I think I think the word culture is is the key word in what you talked about, culture and prepare. I think, um, I think leadership is pervasive. So when we talk about leaders, I, I truly believe that um, that leadership uh, you know, yes, there are, there are people who are leaders in an organization because they have certain titles and have certain levels of responsibility. But I really firmly believe that uh, you don't necessarily have to have people reporting to you and have budget and have these types of things to be a leader. And I, and I, I really believe that. I think the most successful cultures, uh, the most successful organizations have cultures where they empower every organization to feel and be like leaders. So let me kind of start there. That being said, I think you know the the, the culture that exists um, that that eliminates kind of uh, that, that where there's not a lot of chaos, right? Where everything's a crisis and they're constantly operating in panic mode. I think are ones where the individuals that do have responsibility uh, over projects um, are the ones that when they do see something happen, right? When that bad marketing email goes out, they let that person know. Uh, it's okay. Mistakes happen. Let's talk about what happened and why it happened. Let's make sure it doesn't happen again because there are consequences to the business and you know to the brand and et cetera, et cetera. But but um, 
this isn't a crisis, right? Let's put it in perspective. I think perspective is important. Because I think if if the quote unquote, you know, if the manager, right, or, or leadership, however you want to define it, uh, if they overreact at everything that goes wrong, then you have a culture where everything becomes a crisis. And, and that's, that's disruptive. Uh, I don't have any, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily research this, but intuitively I would say that probably results in inefficiencies that probably leads to uh, lower retention rates. Because at some point employees probably are saying this is just, this is just too much stress for me. I want to get out of here. Um, it leads to unhappy, you know, workers. I just think that if, if you have, you know, managers and leadership that set the tone that say, look, you know, there's certain things that are just mistakes happen. Let's, let's, um, put things in perspective and, and deal with them uh, and, and, and grow and learn from them and, and, and as an organization. But then, of course, there are certain things that may happen if, let's say, there's an, a cybersecurity incident and we have a breach and, uh, you know, there's now um, we have media scrutiny and, um, you know, they're questioning our, our brand and our integrity. And th- OK, that might, that might be a crisis or we have, you know, a member of our of our uh, of our you know team that has done something um, that 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 in, in public or even in private that questions our ethics or that was racist or uh, you know degraded men or women or something. I mean, that's, that's a crisis, right? So I mean, there's the, we have to put you have to have a certain standard for what is a crisis, what isn't, and it has to be defined. Um, so those are the types of things I think that le- that the culture uh, uh, sets, and it, it really does need to be those leaders that set that. Uh, and then, and then everyone else kind of adheres to. Yeah, and I, to your point, Param, I think if if people are "quote unquote" afraid of making a decision for fear of of making the wrong decision or or doing something that could put the company at risk, uh, they're not going to take those chances. And th- some of those chances could make make or break the difference of uh, the company being successful and actually achieving their their targets and their objectives. And so sticking with your, your cyber point here and, uh, and to Marco's point on planning, I, I think if, if an organization isn't prepared for something to happen, regardless of what it is, and they don't deal with it and respond accordingly or appropriately, they could then create a crisis. And we can look at a number of cyber incidents where, Yes, a password was weak, or or a phishing email was uh, was clicked, or something bad happens, and that in itself is bad. Maybe not a crisis, but the way an organization handles it publicly uh, could end up turning into a crisis. So, talk to me a little bit about communication and preparation for how to how to handle that type of situation internally, and then how you present yourself externally uh, from crisis management mode to avoid the crisis. And then when things get out of hand, how do you deal with it after? Yeah. Well, I think one of the, one of the uh, a fundamental practice is first of all, honesty, you know, honesty and integrity, I think. And this goes into the preparation. I think the best thing you can do to prepare for a crisis is conduct your business with honesty and integrity throughout the course of business. And this may seem like an honest, like an obvious thing to do, but at the end of the day, uh, if uh, your organization comes under scrutiny for whatever reason, right? If a crisis happens, if you have a, a bad actor or a rogue actor or 
you know, um, you get hacked and people start looking at you. If you've operated, if you as, as the executive, if all of your executives, you a company, when you've conducted yourself and your business with honesty and integrity and with, with, with the utmost, you know, of the, of the kind of best intentions and best business practices and ethics, when you are in the midst of crisis and people do start to scrutinize you and your actions and look under the covers, when there's nothing there, uh, that crisis is the only thing they'll focus on. And there also won't be additional flames and things to look at and additional uh, headlines, right? I think that's the most important thing. And and it seems simple, but uh, when you look at some of these, you just look at the news headlines, right? It's this person gets in the news and then people start looking at him or her. And then it's like, we just uncovered this. And then we uncovered this. And then we uncovered this. And then you realize, wow. They really are a bad actor. You know, we really are now questioning it. And, and what once was potentially a questionable crisis now becomes fact, whether that one thing was true or not. So be honest, act with integrity. Um, uh, I, I, well, one of the best uh, uh, pieces of advice I ever got, uh, uh, you know, during, during uh, my career was from a, uh, a four star. Uh, and, uh, uh, and he said, just act with honesty and integrity. And everything always works itself out. And, and, and uh, it was uh, an email that I, that I, I printed and, and, I, and I have to this day. Um, the, the, the second thing that I'll say is um, talk to a lawyer. I think, uh, you know, uh, lawyers have a bad rep. But I think if you talk to a good lawyer and ask them to, uh, this is, again, before a crisis happens, call up a good, find a good lawyer and say, I am interested in understanding uh, what are some things that I should do uh, and some, uh, you know, processes I should put in place uh, to be prepared in case a crisis happens for my particular business. Because everything it depends on what business you're in. Um, you'll they will give you very specific guidance uh, and and um, on what you should do. It may be uh, they'll may look at your business and say, you know, you may want to set specific governance around how you're dealing with your data around who has access to certain things, around who makes certain decisions, uh, around um, you know, who talks to press and who doesn't in the, in the, in the, in the case of, a, of, a, of an, you know, an incident. Um, it could be a whole lot of things. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know what the, what the outcomes could be. But I do know that there are, um, there's, and also what they might do is they may say, you know, we have, uh, there's companies who specialize in crisis management. They might just point you to one of those. And they're, they're, they're spendy, so not everyone can afford it. But um, but even just an hour. I mean, an hour would cost you maybe five hundred bucks, you know, eight hundred dollars, something like that. It, you'd be surprised how much value you get out of just a one-hour conversation um, uh, with these people because they do this all day long. And there's some common best practices. I think if you're a company of of any sort of meaningful scale and size, investing a few thousand dollars in a couple hours with um, a professional crisis management person or or even a lawyer to talk through these issues about your business and get some. You don't have to have them write you a plan. But just give just to have them give you an idea of what to think about, um, and you can write the plan yourself. I think is 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 worth the time uh, 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 and investment. And if you just Google this, you know that you can find people locally or some national firms that'll that'll you know, help you do this. Yeah, I think this is a great point, and and you kind of started answering my question before I asked <laughs> because I was going to ask <laughs> you to maybe uh, you know as we go towards the end here to lay up. A few important points to to make some steps, and and I love how you said that this should be part of 
your business plan. And it, I don't know, Sean and I have been saying that many times when we talk about the business of security, the value that cybersecurity brings to a company or to any organization, and that if you can plan that, uh, again, you, you probably reduce the risk, or at least you know when you can panic or not. And obviously, if you're well prepared, then you don't even panic because you know how to react. But as you said at the beginning, you also work with you know smaller business, for example, that they can't afford that kind of companies that are specialized in that. So what could be like a couple of basic tips for the everyday person that could actually shut down because a cybersecurity accident happened? Yeah, I think, well, I think one thing that a small company can do is, you know, most, most of us have an, have, either we have a mentor, or we know somebody that we, you know, they may not be an official mentor, but we have somebody that uh, is, you know, we look up to, or they're, you know, a, a, a respected business person that we work with. Um, even if we can't afford to hire somebody, you can always call them up and say, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm, this is this is a weakness or a gap in my business plan. Um, you know my business, or let me can, can, can you give me an hour? Let me talk to you about my concerns. Um, how how can I you know what do you think some of my risks are from a crisis management perspective, and what can I do about it? I think I think that's one area. I think um, I think some of the other low hanging fruits from a you know a, a quote crisis management perspective are um, uh, look at you know again who has access to uh, to your to your data. Uh, and and who's doing what with it? I think um, social media's. Uh, I think another um, one these days that you see um, a lot of you know so and so is posting, uh, and they they represent the company or or, or they have a they have a um, senior role in the company, and all of a sudden they're posting kind of the word escapes me, but kind of inappropriate things on the web. You know you can you should be monitoring these things, uh, um, making sure that 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 that. There's policies or, or around the, those types of things. So I think these are some of the things that that small businesses, uh, small businesses can do, you know, re- reduce the risk uh, of 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 the of the outcomes. And I think the other, the other point, you know, as we're starting to, to to wind down the conversation, is I also don't think people should be afraid of of a crisis. I I, I can genuinely say that the the crises that I have gone through. While in the moment, they were the worst moments of my professional life and the most frightening. Um, the fact that I was able to get through them, uh, uh, it's very cliche, but I definitely came out of them now, you know, years and years later. I'm a, a stronger executive. I have more confidence. Um, and, and, and I think as importantly, my colleagues have more confidence in me. Because and 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 they've told me this explicitly. Uh, they said, you know, we we watched how you handled it, and uh, our respect for you grew. We you know we 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 saw how you were able to navigate these difficult circumstances. We didn't know you had these skills to do these. So I mean, when when you you really need to lean into these situations, you really have two options when you deal with a crisis, particularly if you're you have an organization. You can let the crisis define you. Or you can say, um, uh, uh, "Look, I'm going to kind of own this. I'm going to say this happened under under my watch." Uh, again, if you're if you're the, the head of the company, and then you're going to um, do what needs to be done to fix it. That's why you see. 
and the news, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg and all these, you know, all these company honchos on the news saying this happened. Uh, I'm the head of the organization and I'm going to do something to fix it. Whether, whether you believe, you know, that the politics of it, that aside, that's why they do it because they lean into it and they're the head of the company. And um, if you if you kind of believe what they say, they always end up looking better and look what happens to their stock price. Right. It keeps going up and up and up. And so I really think on, on, on the scale that probably most of most of us and most of your listeners kind of operate at, if, if you if you handle it well, um, uh, you you your company will benefit and you personally will benefit from it. It, it is a believe it or not, it is a very rewarding experience to go through it and to um, uh, to come out uh, to come out to come out uh, successfully. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Marco. <laughs> I just I cannot avoid to think that. Yeah. We take security seriously. I know. <laughs> That's Sorry. the typical answer. Sorry, uh, but right. yes, we take your security. Let's change that one. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um, to, to your point, Param, as, as we wrap here, I, I've had many conversations off the record, uh, so I'm not going to name anybody, but some of the best CISOs are those that have been through a breach. Uh, even if they've been fired from the company, they... The, that experienced that breach, they have experience of dealing with the crisis. Mm -hmm. And for better or worse, they probably know what worked and what didn't, right? And uh, so to your point, you don't have to be a CISO, just anybody who's dealt with something and come out on the other side, hopefully learn from it and then can apply it to to the next thing. And, and what I like about this conversation is we, we talk a lot about risk management and disaster recovery and business business continuity. And those are all just terms for the same thing, which is be prepared for a crisis, Yeah. Uh, manage that plan in a way that you're not constantly in chaos. And I think the other points I hear here today, Parm, from you is uh, leaders that, that lead with integrity and honesty and empower their teams to deal with crisis uh, so they don't become crisis, um, I think are important as well. So great conversation. Hopefully companies and uh, folks from companies large and small uh, will take take something from this and uh, and put a plan together. Well, I, 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 that was a great summary. I, I couldn't agree more. It, it just uh, it's all about the team building trust, having a plan and knowing that, unfortunately, to your point, uh, at some time in your career, you're going to have to deal with a crisis. And if you've if you've led your career and and, and, and your your work with uh, to your to, like you said honesty and integrity, uh, you will you will come out on top and and uh, you'll live to fight another day. Yep, and in full fail, it's the ultimate panic, ultimate objective, live another day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well we want to thank you again and thanks all the audience for listening to us. There'll be resources if you have any you know, links that you would like to share, but people can find more information about it. They can find it on the podcast resource notes and uh, you can find these and many more on itspmagazine.com Thank you again everybody Archer empowers organizations to manage multiple dimensions of risk on one platform with on-premises and software as a service offerings and quickly implement industry standard processes and best practices for advanced risk management maturity informed decision making and enhanced business performance Learn more at archerirm.com. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance. 
virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Security Podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.